This is Just Talking Sam Podcast, y'all. Just Talking Sam Podcast. Put your name on it. If you don't talk about it, be about it. I don't know this till like right now. Seriously. You on iTunes, Joe. But it's obvious if y'all just listen, we, we never write this out. What's up, what's up? It's your man Sam, host of Just Talk With Sam Podcast. Just Talk With Sam Podcast. Man, we got a great one for you guys today. Uh, we got a special guest, guest with an S, in the building today. It is two stars, the director of the movie, documentary, Lovely Jackson. Um, Lovely Jackson is an awesome tale, and who's joining us today is the director, Matt Waldeck, as well as the star of the documentary, um ricky jackson himself now i will say this i watched this movie and i encourage you to do it right now was working the um film festival scene it is currently at the american black film festival um in miami going on it well it started on the 17th of june ended on june 30th however it will be hitting the film festival scenes um all throughout this summer and hopefully um, maybe it finds love so- life somewhere else on a different platform, preferably streaming or something like this. I fell in love with this documentary um, mainly because it it shows you stuff you already know and or a, a, a tale you already know, but from the perspective of, um, of the subject itself, being Ricky Jackson. Um, without spoiling too much, this documentary is focused on the America's long flea hill. Uh, excuse me, let me say that again. This movie is focused on America's longest wrongfully held exonerated prisoner, Ricky Jackson. He returns to the actual prison where his 39 year prison stint began in, back in 1976, and he guides his younger self from death row to freedom while facing his real-life accuser along the way, along with some critical assistance from the Ohio Innocence Project, which is highlighted a lot in this film, but we'll get to that in a second. The movie Lovely Jackson is shocking, moving true story about triumph of hope, forgiveness, perseverance through the darkest, most hopeful, hopeless circumstances that begins with violence and ends with love. That's as far as I can go. I'm reading that mainly because, man, this documentary is something else. And we get into it. 
um, in this podcast. So, without the risk of spoiling it again, um, and it was very challenging doing this interview, mainly because all I wanted to do was talk about the movie and what I've seen, and it was it was tricky because I had to word my questions in a way where I didn't spoil the movie for everyone else. Some people, if you see the movie and then you go back to this interview, you'll see what I'm saying. Where it's just like, oh yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't exactly know how he can answer that or ask that question without giving out some good chunks of the movie, even though it's based on a true story. It's it's worth seeing. It's worth checking out. So check out your film festival circuits, um, and they don't have it. Just demand it. Lovely Jackson there. But before we go on with this podcast, hey man, we gotta pay some bills. And the first thing that we're doing here, I want to direct everyone under the sound of my voice to ground zero of it all, samshownation.com, your home for everything related to the Just Talk With Sam podcast. By going to samshownation.com, you can see how the sausage is made. It's all right there. And on the homepage and current promotions page, you can hit a donate button. And by hitting that donate button, you, yes, you can uh, give whatever makes you feel like a good person this has always been a crowdsource podcast and quite honestly um helps keep the free funny free server costs hey it, it, it pops up so please if you want you can always go to samshownation.com hit the donate button give and what makes you feel like a good person every single solitary red cent goes right back into this podcast to make it a bigger better greater podcast but maybe you're one of those people who want a little bang for their buck you can always go to samshownation.com and you can hit the store link and by hitting the store link you can get all your stuff right there whether that be t-shirts whether that be hats whether that be shirts stickers whatever that you need the just talk with sam store has has it so you can rep the podcast on your daily life it's all right there so please go to samshownation.com get the store and if yes samshownation.com you can hit the podcast link the podcast where wherever podcasts can be found i mean it's all right there you can go to the podcast and you can listen to your favorite podcast right then and there right there on the web page or maybe you listen to podcasts like everyone else you use a service wherever wherever we can be found so that's google play spotify stitcher tune in iheart uh apple um uh cast box just 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 talk with sam no g and talking we're right there wherever you can find us we're right there um we got a few sponsors this week and i just want to uh touch on that before we get into this movie um, the first sponsor is the good folks at Upside. Yes, I don't know if you notice or not, gas prices are ridiculous. Yes, they are. But if you go to samshownation.com on the current promotions page, you get the Upside app. You, yes, you can check out all of the Upside affiliates in your area, scans wherever you are, and say, hey, we're going to give you cash back for however many gallons of gas you buy. It also works for restaurants too. So if you do it for the first time, you could get at least 25 cent a gallon cash back via samshownation.com. So please go to samshownation.com, get the Upside app, save yourself some money this summer. Gas prices, is they're crazy. And the next sponsor, speaking of save you some money, you can go to samshownation.com on the current promotions page and download the Honey app. Oh, yeah. Get yourself some money with Honey. You know what Honey is? Let me tell you what Honey is. Honey is an app 
when you go doing your online purchases you can go to samshownation.com you can get the app for your phone or laptop or whatever you got whatever your device is and when you're about to check out honey says wait a second and it scours the entire internet for promo codes coupon codes whatever it takes you to save yourself save yourself some money with some honey so please go ahead, go to samshownation.com and get the Honey app. Remember, it sounds just like that. It's a free, it's a free gift from you. This is the only sponsor that pays you money. Well, second sponsor that pays you money. It saves you money. The other one pays you money. But go ahead, go get Honey. Save yourself some money with some Honey. Go to samshownation.com. The um, next sponsor we got right now, this is an important one because I had to deal with them today. I don't want to say it like that. It was not like mean or anything. It's just they 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 pulled me out of a jam. It is the good folks at Omaha Steaks. Look, we are less than a week away from the Fourth of July, also known as grilling season. This is what you're doing if you have a barbecue grill, charcoal, propane, uh, wood chips, wood pellets, fire, skillet, whatever you got. It's Fourth of July. You're going to tear it up. You're going to do something on that grill. Whether it be meat, whether it be veggies, whether it be something. You're firing up that grill. Or you're going over someone's house who's firing up that grill. And the good folks at Omaha Steaks, they don't want to leave you hanging. So they said the 4th of July sale is going on, but you better hurry up. 50% off site-wide. Whatever you need. You need chicken. Got you. You need steak. Got you. Seafood. Got you. Ribs. Got you. Whatever you need, Omaha Steaks got your back because you can cue those fireworks for the big savings on all your favorites. You can stock up on steaks, burgers, chops, whatever you need. It's right there. But the only way you can get 50% off site-wide, if you go through samshownation.com, you click that Omaha Steaks link, go ahead and shop. You're going to need it. You got people coming over or you're going somewhere else. And quite honestly, if you bring them an Omaha Steak, you got a friend for life. There it is. So please, check those out. Go to samshownation.com. Get yourself some Omaha Steaks while they got the 50% site-wide offer on. Best way to do it is go to samshownation.com on the current promotions page. Click the Omaha Steaks link and hurry up because the fourth is right around the corner. The next sponsor is something I was using personally while I was watching Lovely Jackson. And that is the good folks at M&M's. Look, this I don't know if this is a secret or not, but I'll tell you a little bit inside about me. When I watch movies, I like snacks. Yeah, I know I'm weird, right? But one of those snacks is, is that I just got to have is M&M's. So I got me a big bag of M&M's and I watched Lovely Jackson. And you can do the same thing too. Whether it be watching movies, you're celebrating graduation, uh, gifts, you want to inspire someone, you're doing it for a business treat, or you just plain like chocolate. Fine. Go to samshownation.com, click the M&M's link, and you can either design your own pack, or you get one of 60 different packs of M&M's. Or get your own. Customize it. And if you go right now, you can save up to 50% off bulk candy by using a pro, uh, product code deserve 15 if you hurry up all well you know what here's something i i, I noticed um free standard shipping on all orders over 49 dollars but 
one thing they did because I was so worried about this. Um, all orders are shipped in cool packs, so your chocolate doesn't melt. That's just man, that's just awesome. I just took the, you know took a risk and did it, and here we are. They ship it in cool packs, so you can have the M and M's you deserve whenever you're doing whatever you're doing. So please go to samshownation.com, click the M and M's link, and um, shop if you normally would. Go ahead, get some M and M's. You deserve some chocolate. And lastly, certainly not leastly, Amazon.com. Look, I like watching movies, obviously. But um, when I go through Amazon, yes, I use the video feature. Yes, I use um, different things. But one of the things I do like using with um, movies, I like um, putting in like or in this case, I would put in like Lovely Jackson and put in uh, like. Nothing came up on Amazon, but I didn't put in uh, Matt Waldeck. And a few of his movies popped up. And I'm pretty sure if you do that, you can check my man out. Uh, some of his previous works. You can see what you're getting into. Maybe you can make it a Matt Waldeck night. He was a good director. He used to be a producer. Well, he's a little bit of both. But let him go ahead and do that. But maybe you go on Amazon for something different. I got Prime. Who knows? It, 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 it is what it is. But Amazon has everything from A to Z. So whatever you need, whatever you're getting out, whatever you want to make your experience that much better, go to Amazon.com. Um, via SamShowNation.com. Click the banner on the homepage and current promotions page of SamShowNation.com. So what I'm going to do before I jump into this interview is a very serious interview. Um, it's fun. It's it's an interview about a serious subject. I'm sorry. I, I try to stay serious, but it, it's me. You guys know who I am. So, what we're going to do, we're going to play the trailer. I know this is the audio version. And people who want to see my face as I do this, we do have the interview up on um, YouTube. So, you can check out the um, visual version. But we're going to play the video version right now of the trailer of Lovely Jackson before we talk to Matt Waldeck the star of this documentary Ricky Jackson so I will see you guys very shortly one detector he came and he said I am a I couldn't see you go to jail for perjury 12 years old I don't know what perjury means one of my mother so bad come on you know everybody in this neighborhood don't you see you saw all three shots was it like bang 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 I had nobody is that it should I should I not should I there's a car there right green car yeah yes you're doing good, Eddie. Next to the green card. Did you see who was? Uh, should I, come, should I no. come on, Eddie? I just need a should name. I don't know. No, no, not good I enough. See, I don't know. Who pulled the trigger, who Eddie? You know who Frank. it was. Who killed Harold Franks? Who? Who killed Harold Franks? Ricky Jackson. Here, sign this. You need to show us where Ricky lives. I had a butcher knife, cut my wrist. I really didn't care about living anymore. All right, Ricky, Matt, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. 
Um, I just want to tell you, I watched the documentary twice, and it is such a fascinating story. Um, this is before I even, you know, had the opportunity to interview you, so I had to watch it, I guess, a third time. Um, just in preparation of this, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I, man, thank you. You you have no idea. Um. Uh, I, I'm flattered, man, you know, to get such high praise. I mean, that's the best review you, by far we've had, and I'm glad you appreciate it. And uh, more importantly, I'm glad you uh offering us this platform to speak further about the movie. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, um, let's just start it right here. Um, watching Lovely Jackson, and it's on VOD at this point. You can catch it wherever you need to catch it. It goes through your story, Ricky, and it is a fascinating one. Um, just go, and I, you know what? I'm trying to do this interview without spoilers. Sorry, I, I don't think I can, um, because it is a public story. And yes, Ricky, I, I do rem- um, remember reading clips about it. I don't know if you can tell from Detroit. You're in Cleveland while this happened, so. We're kind of close, so a lot of the that's true. Yeah, we kind of joined at the hip, and especially with our culture and everything, you know. So when something of this magnitude happens, and I'll just give the brief overview. Um, At the time, you were 18 years old. um, You're in high school. You're just having a summer. There was a murder at the um, your local uh, um, check. Well, I won't call it check cashing place. It was. Uh, liquor store slash um, check cash and slash uh, money orders and you were fingered for that crime that you weren't even there for. You you didn't even do it. And you did 39 years in prison and maintained your innocence, maintained um, you know, your will just to survive. Not giving in, not taking plea deals, not not essentially changing to adapt to your ever-changing situation. Um, my first question is this, and I, I'm, I'm going to get back to you, Ricky, but my first question is from Matt. Matt, you have done some producing work, and this is your first time out as a director. When you hear a fascinating story like this, and I, and I say this jokingly a little bit, but how easy was it directing this? Because the story tells itself. Hmm. Um, I mean, I, I don't, I wouldn't say it was easy. Um, I mean, obviously it was, it was an easy choice to, to try and, um, you know, platform Ricky's story. That was an easy choice, I would say, but, um, you know, because Ricky is the person who he is and because he, uh, is so unique and his story is so unique. And at the time of his release, he was the longest ever uh, wrongfully incarcerated person in U.S. history. Uh, he and I talked for a long time and we wanted to do it differently than your traditional documentary that's sort of a journalistic piece, talking head, you know, followed by, you know, news clip footage is very stylized. And, um, you know, that took a lot of planning and a lot of courage on Ricky's part to you know, returned to the prison where he was sent in 1976. That's the actual prison where he was. And it's also the the filming location for the Shawshank Redemption. I don't know if you picked that up or not, but, you know, Ricky, no, uh, yeah, Ricky, uh, I mean, he, he's giving an improv, improvised performance uh, opposite professional actors. 
including at one section of the movie, the man who, whose false testimony put him 82 days away from execution. So uh, there's nothing easy about any of that. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a big testament to Ricky and the rest of the crew, um, you know, working, working so hard to, uh, to get the product that, that we ended up with. Well, like I said, have jokingly, like I said, it's such an easy, because it's such a fascinating story. It's easier to pick, but I don't think, and this is more of a question for you, Ricky, going back, seeing the stuff, you were a uh, finger, you were 82 d- days away going and just talking about your story on death row. Um, and you're just counting down the days. And then you get this letter that essentially saved your life. It, it just did. Exactly. Exactly. And which is a first in our history as at the time. And then on top of that, I guess what I'm saying is going back and reliving these moments, how that did that take a toll on you? How did that feel? Actually, um, it was more of, it was more therapy, you know, because um, since I had been out, I tried, I did suppress a lot of those memories and emotions and experiences of being incarcerated for 39 years. You know, I'd had, I have a wonderful opportunity in front of me, you know, a new life. And so that's what I tried to focus on. But those things were still in my mind, you know, those feelings, those emotions that I was trying to suppress. So going back into the prison and initially I felt the same way, like this is going to be terrifying, you know, but it was a great release, you know, and Matt was, I mean, he was great in how he, you know, was always attentive to my feelings. Like if you want, you want to do this scene or not, uh, how do you feel about this? He always asked me how I felt, you know, but um, as the days progressed in the shooting, um, I felt more relaxed and um, it was kind of, um, it was just a big relief to be able to revisit those emotions and, um, and to finally realize that they didn't have as much impact on me as they used to, you know, and it was okay to feel those things and to go back to those memories and experiences. Well, I guess I want to piggyback this with, with this one, Matt, when um, there's a, there's a part where you were, Ricky was going through his prison mentality where he had to alter his reality in prison being um, to a point where it's just single-minded, know what you got to do. Don't necessarily befriend the people. Don't you, you, it's just you, It's, it's just you. So having knowing that and he's at the time and I'm, I don't think that was acting. I think for a second while you were filming, you went back into that state. How was it trying to help him convey that to an audience? Mainly because when you're, from his depiction, when you're locked down in that mental state, it's just him. It's just whatever's in in between his ears is just him. So how was it trying to convey that to the viewer, like myself? Because you you did a good job. Well, that's nice of you to say. I appreciate that. Uh, Honestly, it was um, it was just a preparation between Ricky and myself. You know, I mean, we talked for hours and hours and hours. I mean, I did my first 
set of audio interviews with Ricky, you know, back in 2017, you know, and he and I sat together for about three days straight, probably between 12 to 15 hours worth of interview. So, you know, Ricky's obviously his integrity is unquestioned, right? His authenticity is irrefutable. So, uh, and I, I trusted that a hundred percent because I know him so well and I know his story so well. And so when we're filming it, he and I sort of in between takes are having the same kind of conversation that we've had many times before about, you know, where are we in the point of his journey? Right. And so we had very useful signposts to guide us. And um, basically I could talk to him and, Ricky, that was almost like a trigger for Ricky then to get into this part of his story. And he's a natural uh, speaker and and his story is the same every time because it's 100% true. So it's not as though we have to have him learn lines. It's not as though we have to have him give it a performance. I'm doing an interview, babe. <laughs> it's not, there. there is no directing really on my part other than you know, the visual uh, accompaniment to his words. Um, and one of the things I love that mm -hmm. I don't know if you necessarily um, you you use Ricky's story, which which is awesome in itself. But you hit on a lot of topics that affects us to this day, like such as the um, innocent prisoner dilemma. There are a lot of people, unfortunately, not as lucky as Ricky, who are incarcerated. And for something very similar, somebody said something or they arrested on hearsay. So you, we're just going to proceed with this and we're done. We're just, we got another conviction, the state one, we're out of here. And you touched on that a little bit because there's a point in the movie where Ricky was up for parole three times that you showed. I, I'm, was it three or was it more than that? Uh, one in 95, one in 2010, and one in 2013. Correct. Correct. Okay. And each time you told the truth. You told your truth, which is more important. You didn't break. You didn't take a plea deal, even though they wanted a confession out of you. And I mean, at that point, you've done time. You've done so much. Having that mental fortitude and telling them, look, this is what happened. Story on the outside didn't change. My story have not changed. Radio so radio. when you do that, so I guess this is a question for both of you. So when you have the innocent um, prisoner dilemma, how important was that to highlight it almost as a sidebar in your, you know, position, Matt? Or how important to you to keep your mental fortitude, Ricky, about both of those things? Because that concept met both of you. Uh, I think it was very important, um, and I like the way Matt was able to format it in a way that the audience got it automatically, just really got it, you know. Um, and I just think he did a great job of walking us through that and letting us just, let me feel what it was like to go through those three parole board hearings, you know. And um, it's it's a tool that's used to pressure guys, you know, um, cop out to this crime, you know, say you did it, 
and we'll let you go home. And it's a great temptation. I know a lot of people that have gone, that have done it, you know, just to get out of prison, uh, admitted to something they didn't do just to get out of prison, you know. And um, I totally get it. You know, I totally get it. But um, for myself personally, um, they took everything from me, you know. And uh, my innocence was all I had, you know. And um, if I had to die in prison in an electric chair, um, those were going to be my last words. I'm innocent, you know. And I knew that's all I had, you know. But it's so tempting, you know, after being in prison, uh most my the prime best years of my life you know and then having an opportunity to get out but like i said um it was just something inside me that wouldn't let me you know give up that like that you know i understand matt um yeah so you know when ricky was describing that experience with the parole board he didn't call it the innocent prisoner dilemma um that was something that uh, is a term that's used over in the UK and um, used in sort of a, the academic side of a criminal justice reform. So uh, as you may have noticed in the, in the piece, you know, we don't hit on a lot of uh, specific issues or we don't, we don't explicitly tell you, Hey, what to think, or, Hey, this is wrong. This is right. Or, you know, through Ricky's story, uh, we want you to, you know, leave that experience of watching it and, and go learn a little bit more about it. Um, obviously, he's an innocent man. We can all agree he shouldn't have been in prison uh, for 39 years. That's obvious. But uh, the other system that need reforming, we didn't. Other other documentaries have touched on that in, in many ways for a long time. So, um, but that was something that I felt was important to call it the innocent prisoner's dilemma. That's uh, a that's an easy issue in the um, criminal justice system that should be reformed. Um, so I felt it was important to use the proper terminal terminology uh, at that point in the movie. Um, I kind of want to shift gears a little bit because, like I said, it just jumps through so many hoops just his story does that and one of the the thing I love how you put that in there I don't know um, if that was your idea or Ricky's idea or both him visiting his younger self it's not it, it, it's like hey we're 40 years past when he was in prison here when he first got there but having current day Ricky visit his younger self in prison kind of helping them out, letting them know what's going on. Um, essentially, that aspect of the movie, how would you feel that was important um, from both both of you? Um, Ricky, your point of view, you lived it. And Matt, you're projecting that to the audience. Um, once again, that was totally Matt's idea. And um, once it was explained to me, you know, um, the random ramifications of what it was going to do to the entire story. I was on board with it. And um, it signifies, you know, like I said, my best year spent in prison, you know, and um, here I am, my middle-aged self now about to be a free man. And um, I was telling myself, younger self, essentially, that, you know, 
whatever happened in here has to stay in here. You know, my youth, my <laughs> dreams, my hopes, my aspirations at that time, you know, I can't take them with me. You know, they're part of the past. You know, um, my youth is part of the past. You know, my adulthood is part of the past, you know, and um, I have to move forward from there, you know. I'm not that same person anymore. I was in prison. I'm somebody totally different now, you know. And like I said, Matt really, really brought out, you know, that point. And like I said, once again, it was so easy to get for the audience to just like pick up on it so easy, you know, and see the parallel, you know. Right. Yeah, and that, and that, and like you, like you can understand just talking to Ricky just now or hearing him what he's saying there. I mean, yeah, I guess you could say it came from me, but it, it all stemmed from conversations with Ricky, right? Where he says something like, part of me always needs to stay in prison, right? When Ricky got out, you know, he carved his, um, he carved his prison ID number, you know, RIP A144, Ricky, I can't remember the last three, I'm sorry, but, you know, uh, A144- what is it, Ricky? Zero six one. Zero six one. He carved RIP A one A one four four zero six one into the prison wall because that that part of him is is dead, you know, dead and buried in the prison. So so it's not that far of a jump to say, okay, well, if the younger version of himself or this past who who I never got to meet, right? I've only gotten the pleasure of, of knowing Ricky as a grown man. You know, as a as a as a middle aged man, I never got to know the young man Ricky. I never got to be his friend during that period. I never got to visit him in in prison. You know, I didn't know him. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know he existed. And um, so I try to approach it from that on honest point of view. Um, and so I thought it would be interesting, you know, to for Ricky to revisit his past through the performance of Mario Beverly. And, um, and I think that that worked pretty well. And, but, but honestly, it just came from those natural creative conversations with Ricky himself. And I'm glad you brought up Mario because he was granted, he was depicting young you and he showed such a light. Um, so I assume you had that conversation with him of what he's going through or what you were going through, I should say, in order for him to depict that. And one of my um, favorite, it feels weird calling him a character because this is a real person, but Karen Smith, who testimony kicked the door wide open, where it was just like, look, I was there. I saw everything. And just as long as you've been held down, Ricky, Karen was too, because nobody went for whatever reason. And you could get into that if you watch the documentary. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm wording my words very carefully, not to spoil it for the audience who hasn't seen it yet. For those same amount of times, she was held prisoner because she also knew the truth. So when and she, she said as up, much, mm -hmm. she said as much, you know, so seeing her, and at the time, did you know she was there, or did you know Karen Smith even existed? Yes, I mean, we both lived in the same neighborhood the time this crime happened, and uh, I knew her. I mean, 
our age differences. We didn't hang out or anything, but I knew her as she lived in the neighborhood. And um, she's always been a credible person. I, um, I always thought about her. And when I got out, I looked everywhere for her. I wanted to meet her so bad, you know. And um, the, the, the week of my trial before I was released from prison, um, she was there. She testified. And after the trial was over with, she was gone. Yeah, I mean, she was like out of there, man. And like oh. when I finally did get an opportunity to talk to her, she echoed pretty much the same sentiments you just said about feeling guilty. And it really hurt me to know that, you know, she had gone through that. But I got it because, you know, she knew for a fact that a terrible tragedy had happened and uh, uh, three innocent lives were, were merely destroyed, um, not to mention the victim's family you know, and all those other people who suffered. And she carried that burden around for that long. But I'm, I swear to God, I was so happy to see her and talk to her and know that she had been vindicated, you know, and I apologize to her profusely for having, you know, to suffer, you know, all those years with me. But I told her how much I deeply appreciated it because she believed she knew the truth and she just didn't let it go. You know, she would not let it go, you know. And, and and during that interview in the movie, we only show a little bit of it at the very end where she says, you know, on May 15th, I was exactly where I needed to be. But that was that was the first time they'd ever met each other, Karen and Ricky. Oh. And, and, and um, that was about a six-hour interview, you know, that she's probably only on screen for, you know, 90 seconds. But yeah, that was a tremendous opportunity for closure for her and you're 100 percent right sam she she needed it more than ricky and that's that's the, really the power of ricky because he understands exactly what you said that everybody carried a burden for that time and right. yes he not everyone was behind bars but there's many types of prisons and um, exactly karen was in her own and and ricky i mean would you agree i mean you felt that she was still quite affected by it. Oh, definitely. She was, she was just sitting there and talking to her, you know, and uh, you could feel the emotion pouring out of her, you know, the relief, you know, and the gratitude that she was finally able to do, you know, what she couldn't do 39 years ago, you know? I understand. And uh, one thing, and then, like I said, that part, that was the, she was the key that got you out of, uh, that testimony um, along with many others and I'm skipping a lot of the stuff on the documentary because I, I need people to see this because <laughs> this I, I'm trying not to ruin it too much One it's is, also uh, it's also not out yet Sam yeah I think you, I think yeah, you said it was <laughs> Sam, Sam ready for people to go see I'm, it now you know what <laughs> that's my fault I, I said it was BOD that, that, that's my fault that's okay, um, I got, man. You know I what? love the enthusiasm. I got know. so wrapped up into this. I got the screener. You know what? If we're going to tell the truth, let's tell the truth. Guys, I'm looking at the uh, barrel of the camera right now. I got the screener. I'm lucky I was first. You got to check it out. I, I, I need you where it's a festival, where wherever you um, can see it once it's released, please check it out. But I got, I was, I was lucky when I got it. I watched it multiple times and it, when you see something like this, you see it multiple times, and you have the same feeling as you saw it the first time around, 
that's that that just shows the impact that you both of you your story your direction matt it just shows how gripping this thing was and one of the things that i also wanted to um kind of highlight is i think and you did a good job of showing us but i i, I just want to go a little bit deeper if you don't mind I think the strongest thing you did throughout this entire documentary, and don't get me wrong, it, it's a lot, but one of, I should say, the strongest things you did is as soon as you was released, you released that in you. You forgave all the people, the the paperboy. He's no longer a paperboy no more, and we, we'll get into that in the documentary later. I, I don't want to ruin that. Uh, you forgave. You get you, you taught like your own family where it was um you said it that even in those 39 years no one visited you and you had to hear about your family uh by hearsay letters maybe a phone call and even in the phone call you had to keep your face on about um you know because you you didn't want to let that break happen so you treated it and, I, and I'm quoting you at this point. You said, you treated it as if they canceled Jim. Uh, did I get that quote right? Exactly. That's exactly, yeah. And when you get devastating news, and, you know, my condolences go to you. I know what it is. I lost my mom a few years back. So when you hear something like that, you want to be in the room. You want to let it out. You want to do everything that you can. But you have to have that mental toughness to keep it like, oh, man. All right, then. In order to do that, and you have that well-being of forgiveness to all of those people, people who put you in there, people who didn't visit you in there, did you think about it? Or was that an easy decision, Ricky? Was that, it's it just like, you know what? Might as well. I, you tell me, because uh, maybe maybe it's some with me, but yeah, we're going to have to have a few conversations. Are you talking about the forgiveness part? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, um, I'm not going to say it was an easy decision to come to, but um, I have been in pain. I've been suffering for so long, you know, with the loneliness and the uncertainty of, you know, the future of my life and uh, mad at a lot of people for not showing up, confused why a lot of people didn't show up for me, you know, and where were they, where was my family, um, you know, um, I remember when their visiting days, uh, they would call guys' names out, you know, and I was like, you know, you just, you, they could have called my name. I wouldn't even heard it because I was so used to not hearing it. You know, um, the day my mother passed away, um, when I got the news and I digested the news, um, I felt a crack, you know, in the dam. But I knew that if I started crying, you know, I probably wouldn't have never stopped, you know, because it was so much tension and pressure built up behind that dam. You know, I couldn't afford to crack right now, not even for my mother, you know, and um, it's still taking me a lot of time and a lot of years to really grieve my mother properly, you know, and I still haven't gotten to the point where I could release it or release her, you know, but I'm getting there, you know, I'm really getting there. But um, 
in prison, like you said earlier, you have to have a space between your head that nobody can get to, you know, and that's the only way, true way to survive any kind of captivity or confinement or whatever, you know, you have to have a place in your head that nobody can get to, you know, and, um, but when I got out, I knew that I couldn't continue to live my life in, in that vein, you know, that, that sadness, that sorrow, that regret, that longing. I had a great opportunity, you know, uh, one that a lot of guys in my position don't get a lot of them, you know, and, um, I made a decision that whatever had time God gave me left on this earth, I wasn't going to live it like that. I couldn't do it like that anymore. Uh, being resentful, angry, uh, uh, unforgiving of people. I had to let it go. I really had to let it go for my personal mental health and my personal safety and my spirit, you know? And so, um, I met my accuser, my false accuser. Uh, we talked and, um, I come to find out that, you know, I wasn't the only one carrying this burden around with me. You know, I mean, he had a broken life because of what he did, you know? And so he was in his own mental prison in hell. Um, we met at his pastor's church and we talked for a while. And, um, I told him, I was like, man, I've carried you around for 39 years. You know, it's time for me to let you go. You know, um, I hope you have a great life. I forgive you for whatever you did because, um, at 13 years old, a child back in the seventies, um, he, you know, the authorities used him like they used us. They manipulated him. They manipulated his family. You know, they manipulated us. And uh, he was a kid. How much control did he really have? You know? Right. And um, like I said, we talked and um, we got up. I got up to leave and we embraced. And um, the greatest feeling from that whole experience was like feeling all that excess baggage and pressure just... I mean, I don't know if it was all in my head, but I honestly felt like his body just got lighter in my arms as we embraced. And, you know, to me, that was the signal. Like, I can move on now. I can enjoy what I got now, you know, and I, and be honestly happy and content. If I hadn't have done that, I couldn't enjoy what I'm doing now. There's no way, you know, because I'd have been so bitter and resentful of people, you know, nobody, who won't be bothered with me? Who want to hear that story? Right. You know? And so I knew that, um, like I said, you know, I wanted to be grateful for this opportunity and take every advantage of it, you know? And, uh, so far so good, you know? Well, I will say this. Um, there are other things I want to talk about, but I running the risk of spoiling this movie even more, if my eagle eye people who are watching this video right now saw a brief cameo of somebody in the back and I'm I'm delighted that she as along with a special guest was also there to greet you help you get your life on track a little bit more um after your release Matt did I say that right cuz I I, I want to ruin anything else did, did I say that right <laughs> Uh, yeah, you said it right, 100%. All right, cool, cool, because that's a very um, that's a very good part of the movie, and um, I, I, I just loved every bit of it. And when you see the movie and you see this interview, you can kind of put two and two together. Um, I'm running out of time. 
but I thank you guys for just just sharing your story. I do have one question that's purely selfish. I will say this. I, I love the movie. Check it out on the festival circuit or whenever you can get it. But, Ricky, this is purely selfish. I, I This is not ruining the movie, but, man, we may have to talk offline about this. <laughs> end. I, um, Matt, are you are you from the Midwest? Where are you from? Yeah, I'm from Cleveland. R- Ricky and I both live in, in Cleveland. Okay, so you know, I'm sure you asked this question too. I'm Detroit and I got two Cleveland natives right here. Towards the end of this documentary, my man Ricky, you had the baddest fur jacket. Uh, <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. You know what? It's uh-huh. funny you say that because after the screening, a lot of people came up with that same question. Yeah, like, I knew I was the only one. With that jacket, dude. Yes, you did. <laughs> there has been many mornings. I had to get up. I had to do my thing. And <laughs> it is negative 10 or something. When it get cold, you was like, don't even worry about it. Your head right, walking right, in the snow. Right. I'm like, killing right. it. Follow-up question. Do you still have the jacket? Do I still have it? Do you still have it? Yes. Oh yeah, that was a Father's Day gift. Yeah, I, I definitely got it. No, a birthday <laughs> gift. I'm sorry. No, that was a Father's Day gift. Yes, okay. for my wife. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. That's it. Yep. People, people, people cheered in the theater when that when the jacket first showed up. Man, I'm <laughs> telling you, I'm telling you. I heard I people talk about, look at that jacket. Yeah, I <laughs> cheered. Dang. <laughs> uh, that's funny. I was on my that's couch funny. and was like, yes. There we go, right there. Yeah, yeah, that is a different person. That is a different person to start this movie. And, well, guys, like I said, I thank you so much for just being on the podcast, sharing your story, let alone sharing your story with the world, wherever they go, festivals. I just hope every eyeball who get a chance to see it can. Um, I'm just one person, and I love it. And I have, off mic, I've told... Uh, my wife watched it with me the second time I watched it and uh, my brother came over for a hot second he kind of like dipped his head in like hey what you doing I was like nah, nah, nah. and he watched it a little bit like we're gonna see this I'm like mm, you can either stay here or you're gonna have to check it out at the festivals like everybody else you better hope you know you can get a ticket because if if there's a bunch of people like me who saw this I, I'm sure there's lines around the block to see this and rightfully so your story. I think that Matt did such a great job in like just capturing it. I mean everybody got something they going through mm-hmm. you know something they're trying to overcome or move past you know and I think we just kind of touched a little bit of that in everybody with this film you know and like I said Matt did a great job in doing that and you know uh even if you know some parts you might not like, but unquestionably you it touched you something in your life, you know. Because like I said, everybody's trying to overcome something, That's you know, right. and get through something, man, you know. And it was just a little uh way to help release it, man, and you know, get in touch with it and know that you don't have to be afraid of it, you know, and you can conquer whatever it is, you know, because there's nothing in me that it it isn't in inside of everybody else, man. You know, for real, right. seriously. You One know. of the best things I can say about uh, Ricky, your story, Matt, your direction, 
Uh, the best way I could describe this documentary is, is Madison. Yeah, some of this stuff ain't going to taste so good, but you need it. It's Madison, man. I, 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 that's how I look at it, because seeing some of those parts in the documentary, yeah, you get a little uncomfortable. But if you if you just stick in there, you, you stay with it, it's Madison. And I, I hope it made me a better person. I know it made you a better person, Ricky. And um, <laughs> no. if nothing else, you. just made you think about some stuff, you know? Oh yeah, it did. Yeah. So again, Sam, if oh, you could, if you could rate the movie on IMDb, that would be great. Rate it. Oh, it's you ain't saying nothing but word. That's that's what I'm doing right after this. Oh, okay. Oh, you. <laughs> I didn't think you needed my help, but yeah, I got you. Um, <laughs> Need all the help we can get. <laughs> hey, well. Thank you guys, gentlemen, so much for just being a part of uh, the podcast. Just to talk about the documentary. It's called Lovely Jackson. It's on the festival circuit right now. Um, I hope it has life in other platforms, you know, all your digital platforms. or I really do, because this is a story that needs to be heard. Yeah, we heard the news clips over time. I talk about being in Detroit and you're in Cleveland. And you hear the news clips? No, you need to hear the whole thing. <laughs> I hear you. Thank you so much, man. We appreciate thank you. everything and you're doing for us. We appreciate it, man. You know, okay. appreciate it. And thank you, guys. You're a great yeah. interviewer, too. Oh, man. Now you, man, now, now you make <laughs> No, you are. You're a great interviewer. You kept us, you kept us engaged and entertained at the same time. That's a good interview. Oh, man. You know? See, see, see. That's well, a good I mean, interview. Touching people. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't hit the button. I don't, I don't cry in the shower like a man. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so much. And uh, All right, have, a, have a great day, man. Have a great day. All right, take care, man. All right. All right. And there right. you have it. Once again, I want to thank Matt Waldeck as well as Ricky Jackson. The name of the movie is called Lovely Jackson. You can see it at the American Black Film Festival in Miami if you are in between those days. But keep your ear to the ground. They've been making their rounds with the film festivals. If they are not at a film festival you are at, please demand it. This, man, this is such a gripping film. And just having, speaking with Matt as well as Ricky makes you appreciate the film a little bit more. So... Please check it out. The name of the film one more time for the cheap seats. It's called Lovely Jackson. It's a it's a it's a great film about strength. It's about determination. It's about someone who the just has a strong will and the just believing in yourself and standing up for truth. I mean, I can't I can't thank this film enough. I can't thank Ricky and Matt enough for being on this podcast just to give me a little bit of time to talk about this awesome project that they made so um here we are i want to thank you guys one more time i want to thank you oh um i gotta do this these are my guys i don't know how hard hitting they getting i don't know how deep in the craze they getting but i need you to talk to my buddies or listen to my buddies at the at the Courtland podcast with bash and z yes we had company over so i can't get it get at them like i want to but um, rest assured, you know that day is coming. Uh, so those those are my those are my good buddies. So check them out. It's called the Act Corley Podcast with Bash and Z.
Check them out. They are wherever podcasts can be. I do it for them. Wherever podcasts can be heard. As for myself, everything related to Just Talk With Sam podcast can be found at samshownation.com. Your home for everything related to Just Talk With Sam podcast. Speaking of Just Talk With Sam podcast, you can always email email us your questions, comments, concerns, comments. You know those like comments that turns into a question but back to a comment? You can do that right then and there at Just Talk With Sam, no GN talking at gmail.com. Just Talk With Sam, no GN talking. Um, you can always hit us up on Facebook and Instagram at you guessed it, just talking with Sam, no G and talking. Um, and you can talk to me personally on Twitter at Sam Show Eleven. Again, I would like to thank Ricky Jackson as well as Matt Waldeck for just being Matt Waldeck for being on the podcast and just give me a few minutes to talk about their project. It's called Lovely Jackson. Please check it out wherever. Um, whatever film festival you're at, they are at the they are at the American Black Film Festival, um, in Miami. But they're going to be doing their rounds. And if you know of a film festival, please request it. It's worth it. Do them a solid. Watch the movie yourself. You'll thank me later. And also, speaking of watching, if you didn't hear me the first time, this um interview was is also you know video recorded on our YouTube page and you guessed it the YouTube page is just talking with Sam G and talking that's enough of me rambling alright I want to thank you guys for giving me uh, some of your time and I will see you next week peace out